0: Please be seated. Our scripture reference today is coming from the book of Matthew in the New Testament, chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. And video scripture reading today is from Tim Bashan. Thank you, Tim. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except (laughs) to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Thanks to Tim for taking the time to put that together for us this week. So good morning, First Church. It's good to see you here in person. Whether you are worshiping here in person or at home, we believe the Spirit of the Lord is with us, for the Lord says, where two or more are gathered, the Spirit of the Lord is also. I think I know most of you, but my name is Hardy Patton. I'm a layperson here at First United Methodist Church. My wife, Tammy, and I have been attending here since about 1997, so we're coming up on 23 years. Raised both of our kids, Emma and Jake, uh, in this church, so it means quite a bit to us to be here today. But I am believing that the Spirit of the Lord is with us. Amen? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in just a quick word of prayer. Lord God, we thank you for your presence today. We thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to comfort us and to guide our steps. Today, I pray you'll be with us. I pray you will open our hearts and our minds to your message and your word that we might be your hands and feet. I pray that the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart will be pleasing to you this day. In Christ's holy name. Amen. So, what an honor it is to be asked to share the Word of God. But at the same time, it can be a little bit of a challenge, too. So I want to give kudos to Pastor Leslie and all those pastors that are out there that do this every week, because it's sometimes a challenge to think that you know what message the Lord is putting on your heart. So I spent several days trying to figure out what the topic might be today, and there were a lot of blank sheets of paper, and there were a couple of times I had a few words scratched down, but none of it seemed to gel and make sense until about Tuesday morning. And on Tuesday morning, I felt like God was leading us to the topic of salt and light, and how can we be better at being salt and light in this world? But ultimately… Unless God is in the message, I believe the message is pointless. So pray with me today that God is in the message, amen? So before we get too deep into the calling, to be salt and light, I want to try to make this topic a little bit more relatable to each of us. How many people enjoy a good family vacation? I think most of us do, need a little time away. So back in June, my wife Tammy and my son Jake got the chance to go to Yellowstone National Park. Tammy and I had been a number of years ago, Jake had never been. It's a beautiful place. I highly encourage you to go if you get the chance. But we decided that we were going to camp along the way. Is it the Jenka family that always says the the family that camps together is the family that stays together? I think it's the Jenka family. So shout out to them for all the camping they've done over the years. But you really become much more aware of your surroundings when you're out in the wilderness and you're camping. And so we drove up to the Grand Tetons, which, by the way, is gorgeous with the mountain peaks and the snow, and that's just south of Yellowstone National Park. And on this particular day, we had gotten up really early. My son, Jake, had started a photography business, and so he wanted to get out and take photos early in the morning. Well, guess when the the wildlife is moving in in the Tetons and Yellowstone? They start about five o'clock in the morning when light first becomes visible. So we were up about 4.30 that particular day that we were going to camp. And we had seen just about everything you can imagine, bison, and elk, and a grizzly bear. We saw a couple of black bears along the way. Uh, just a gorgeous place. And we finally got to our campground in Yellowstone National Park. Oh, it was late afternoon, early evening. Got our camp set up, our tent, got our fire built, all the good things that you have to do. And it had been a long day, so we started to wind down and get ready for bed. And you know it's about 7,000 feet, and so we were expecting a temperature to get down to about 36 or 37 degrees. So you need a a good sleeping bag for that. About 10 o'clock, we all began to fade off. We got in the tent, went to sleep. I slept great for about three hours, and then a little after one, somewhere around 1:15 in the morning, I heard the most awful scream I've ever heard in my life. And I thought for a second, this has to be a person in distress. You know, I've got my can of bear spray laying next to my head. Are they being attacked by a bear, or is this an individual, or what's going on?" And then it stopped, and I just laid there, and I listened, wondering what to do and what would happen next, and I didn't hear anything. And then after about 30 or 45 seconds, I heard it again, and it was even louder this time. But this time, it didn't stop. It just kept going and going and going. And I realized pretty soon that this wasn't a person. This was a pack of wolves. Now I grew up in Southern Oklahoma, in Mill Creek, and so I was used to hearing coyotes my whole life. Uh, and so I knew this was not coyotes, didn't sound anything like it. Completely different. And so there's a, there's a photo here that my son took the next day. It may be a little bit hard to see because this was taken actually later in the day. And this, I believe, is a large coyote as opposed to a wolf. Coyotes get to about 50 pounds, and wolves get to about 150, and they look slightly different. But sometimes it's hard to tell the difference when the wolves are pups. They look like coyotes. Uh, So this just gives you a perspective of what we were were hearing that particular night. Again, I think this is a coyote as opposed to a wolf. But I went back to sleep, thought, this is a good place to be. I'm nice and safe in my tent. I'm warm in my sleeping bag. I'm just going to stay here till morning. And that worked great until about 3 a.m. when Tammy woke up and she decided we need to make a quick run to the restroom and back so I grab my shoes, I grab my bear spray, I grab my flashlight, off we go. It's really dark. There's not much moonlight that night. Go down the road, and on our way back, I think I hear something, and then I think I see something out of the corner of my eye, some movement. I can't really tell what it is. And so I take my flashlight and I shine it into the darkness. It's amazing how well that flashlight is at penetrating the darkness. And there running probably less than 10 feet behind Tammy is a large coyote. Just runs right past her. I'm sure that he knows we're there. We just didn't know he was in the vicinity. And so we made our way safely back to our tent, got back in our sleeping bags, and I decided that was a good place to be until morning. But I wanted to focus on how bright that light was and how I wouldn't have been able to see the coyote without the light penetrating the darkness. And so as God calls us to be salt and light, I want us to keep that in the back of our minds as we go through this morning. So when when Tim read the Scripture... And again, thanks to Tim for for doing that. He started with verse 13. I'm going to pick up with verse 14 here and just go back to that briefly. Verse 14 says, you are the light of the world. All right, First Church, who does it say is the light of the world? It says we are. Now, I know Jesus is the light, but here he's telling us that we're the light of the world. That means you and me. I'm going to go on and read a little bit more. It says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. You see, if we choose not to accept the calling of Christ, if we choose not to be the light in this world, it is as if we're taking a bowl and putting it over the light and other people can't see it. It is a choice that we make. So how do we go about being salt and light in this world, light in particular? Well, there's a plethora of ways to do that. I did some research this week, and I came across a book by Bob Goff. It's called Everybody Always. I think he also wrote a book called Love Does. Some of you may have written Read one of those, if not both. And in the book, Everybody Always, he also has a five day Bible devotional in the Bible app. So if you're interested in that, you might go look it up. But I took some of his thoughts and mixed them with mine. And here's a couple of ways that we can attempt to be light in this world. Number one, love more than just people who are kind and humble. Because I bet you're already loving people that are kind and humble, aren't you? I hope so. I think we're all doing that because those are the folks that are easy to love. However, to be in the center of God's will, we really have to live, love people that live differently than us, that look differently than us, that may be people outside the family of faith, that may be the person that you encounter at Walmart or 7-Eleven, or it may be people inside the family of faith that maybe you don't always get along with or for some reason you think they're slightly toxic or whatever the case might be. God is calling us to love all people. He gives us two gifts, discernment and forgiveness, and sometimes I think we forget about that. There's that discernment, that listening to the voice of the Spirit telling us to interact with someone, and then there's… when they step on our toes, there's forgiveness. I think if we'd use those two things and love others, we'd make a lot of progress. John 13:34 says, a new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. That is the calling of God. Bob goes on to ask us to be authentic in our relationships, to not be pretenders, to not be fake Christians. We don't need any more lukewarm people out there. We need some people that really engage and love others. That's what Christ is calling us to do. In Ephesians 4.1 says, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. I believe to be worthy of the calling we receive, we've got to love others along the way." Bob Goff went on to talk about how sometimes he doesn't feel like he's the strongest Christian or that he's a lousy evangelist. And he says that because he believes that Jesus leads people to Jesus, not us. So think about that for a second. Rather than us leading people to Jesus, maybe it's really behind the scenes Jesus leading people to Jesus, and all we have to do is be willing to be the light to be the tool or the instrument that he's going to use to bring people to Christ. Ephesians 5.8 says, for you were once darkness. So remember before, if you're a Christian, remember before you were a Christian, we were in darkness too. But now you are the light of the Lord, live as children of the light. And then finally, Bob's last suggestion is to be more than just polite. I'm really bad at this one because I think I've been pretty good my whole life at being polite and diplomatic. But sometimes we need to be more than polite and diplomatic. A number of weeks ago, Leslie preached on his upbringing and how he was always a nice kid, and I think he told us we have to be more than just nice. Being nice is not enough. We need to truly engage with people and love them where they are, and God will give us the ability and the strength to do that. And when we do that, it's just like that flashlight in Yellowstone that spots the coyote or the wolf or whatever it might be within, God's light can shine through us and people can see the light. So on our way back from Yellowstone, we camped at another location in the panhandle of Oklahoma, and it was at Black Mesa State Park. How many of you have ever been to Black Mesa State Park or know where it is? I'm sure a few people have along the ways. I, I did not realize that you could leave Oklahoma City, that you could drive west-northwest for six hours and still be in the state but you can actually. That's where Black Mesa is. It's further west than Amarillo. It's almost as far north as Colorado, so it's a long ways out there. Now, we were actually on the way back, and we stopped and and spent a night there. And the reason we chose to spend a night there is one, I'd never been there, and two, my son wanted to go to a place where they had dark skies, good stargazing, and good photos. And so, Black Mesa State Park has applied for the Dark Skies certification program. So let me just give you a few things that they have to do. It takes a couple of years, one or two years probably to get that certification passed. You have to have a light management plan. The Milky Way must be visible to the naked eye and there can be no nearby artificial light that yields any significant glare. That and then a whole plethora of other technical details that you have to work through. So they're working on that certification but it is a great place for stargazing. So let me show you a picture. my son took. It's a little hard to see, it's a little brighter at home on the computer, but what you can see there is the Milky Way in the center of your screen. And the Milky Way is basically just a spiral galaxy that contains our solar system and has billions and billions of stars in it. I think it said 200 billion when I did a little research on this. And you can see that cloudy, hazy pattern in the middle that spiral, and all that is created by the light of billions and billions of stars that you can see on a dark night. That's how well the light from that far away penetrates our night. You can see the the Jupiter, the planet there, that's that little one on the left center. And you can't really see it very good in this picture, but at the top there was a shooting star that he captured with kind of the time lapse. So I think it's an amazing picture of God's creation, how large it is, how magnificent it is, but most importantly, how the light penetrates the darkness. And that's what God is calling us to be, just like the Milky Way. He's calling us to be light in this particular world. So, today I want to challenge each of us, myself included, to find ways to be salt and light. You know, Matthew 5, we we skipped verse 13, and this is what Kendall talked about in her message. I want to go back to verse 13. It says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt of the earth loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot." So I did a little bit of research on salt, and what I found is that the Roman soldiers actually received their wages in salt back in the day. Can you imagine getting your two-week paycheck in salt? I don't know that I would like that too much these days. Uh, The Greeks considered salt to be divine. The Law of Moses required that salt was used in all of the sacrifices presented to the Lord. So salt was very important in Jesus' day and even before that. The pure white color often considered divine. It was used to preserve things like fish and keep them from spoiling. And so if you use that example, I think us being Christians and being light in this world, we become much like the salt, and that salt inhibits sin in our lives and prevents it and allows us to be a brighter light for others. Because if we lose our saltiness, we become corrosive, and eventually not worth much to the kingdom of God. So if you're struggling in your life and you feel like sin has crept in, just turn to God and ask Him to help you be salt and light in this world. I promise you, He will answer that call. So again, I challenge each of us this day to find ways to be salt and light. So as I, as I begin to close and wrap up here, there's a couple more things that I want to touch on. Some examples that I came up with that we can do to be light in this world. The first one is be counter-cultural. This culture, it seems like it's gone crazy some days. We live in a dark world that sometimes feels like it's full of hate and confusion. We see it all day, and then we watch it on TV at night. It just seems a little crazy at times. But God's Word in Romans 13 tells us to cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. We're to be counter-cultural. Jesus is asking us to be the light in this world. And to do that, sometimes you have to put yourselves out there a little bit. You have to let your light shine before others. Again, don't hide it under a basket. You have to let your light shine. And there are a lot of ways that you can do that. And it doesn't really matter if you're a person that's a little more timid and more of an introvert. I'm actually a little closer to the introvert side. There are folks that are just bubbly and love to talk, and they're extroverts doesn't matter where you are on the spectrum, God has a plan and a calling for you to interact with others and be light in this world, and the only way we can do that is interact with one another and cultivate relationships. I'll tell you a quick story about me from a few years ago, back when I was working at Devon and traveling a lot more. During that time in my life, I was having to travel some on a regular basis and I was on a a flight back home. It was late one day, and I can't remember where we were coming from, but we stopped over at Love Field in Dallas. And our next flight out wasn't until about 9 p.m. that night. So we were all tired, and we'd grab something to eat, and we were waiting for the flight, and we finally boarded the Southwest flight. And it's one of those flights where you get on, you get to kind of pick your seat, at least you did back in the day. And as you did that, they came on the intercom, and they said, this flight is basically full. So I knew, oh, I'm going to have somebody sitting by me. I was really not looking forward to that, I'm pretty tired, but guess what? After the plane filled up, somehow I was in the window seat, and the two seats next to me were open. And they started to close the forward door, and I knew I had it made, and then one last person appeared at the front of the plane, and they walked back and they popped down in the seat next to me. And so I, I a little strength and said hello. And this person was very engaging. They were probably about 30 and I think they were from California and they were just coming to visit Oklahoma. They were also making a connecting flight. And this young man was extremely talkative. And as I talked to him about his purpose in Oklahoma and his life, uh, and he wasn't going to let me rest, he was going to continue the conversation, I found out that he wasn't really a Christian. And then I felt that voice in the back of my head telling me to engage with this man and share the gospel with him. That is not something I do on a daily basis. It's something I should do more of. But being a little bit of an introvert, sometimes I find it a little challenging to do, uh, but I felt the calling and so I, I did. I, we started a conversation about church and then we shifted it to the gospel. We had a very good conversation, even with the lights off for most of that flight home. And then he got up and he went on his merry way. I don't know where he went. I don't know if he ever became a Christian. I do know that a seed was planted and I know this Jesus that leads people to Jesus. And so hopefully something came of that. I walked off the plane, and I thought that I was done. And I thought that I would just grab my bags and go on my merry way home. And three or four people approached me and thanked me for sharing the gospel with that man. So you never know who around you is listening. You never know which direction the light is bouncing. You don't know exactly what's happening. You just know it's God's plan, and we're called to, to listen to what God has for us. Now, I don't say that to give myself any recognition of all. I just say that to give us an example of what and how God calls us and to remind us that whatever we do, when we're being with salt and light, to always point back to the true light source, and the true light source is Jesus himself. So I encourage us all this week to let our light shine before others. That scripture this morning that we read, Jesus goes on to give us a reason why it's so important for our light to shine. It says, so that they may see your good works, which implies that there are works involved in showing our light and to give glory to our Father in heaven. Our goal should never be to bring recognition to ourselves, but always to point back to the glory of God. There's a fine line between being a light and doing something to bring glory to ourselves. So as we, as we close, I have one last picture, and it's very similar to the one that you saw before. It's the same Milky Way galaxy and the same planet Jupiter. It was taken This picture was taken between 2.30 and probably 4.30 in the morning. My son has an app, and so he sets the time. He knows at what time the Milky Way is going to be just right. And he knew the the moon was going to set at about 2.30 in the morning. And so as we made our way out, we knew that this was going to be above us. And what a beautiful sight it was. But with this picture of my son in it, I think it reminds us that we basically are placed between the light and the darkness. We are placed out there as an object that God can use as a tool. As He shines the light on us, He's really trying to point others to Christ. The question for us, are we going to allow God to use us to be salt and light in this world? I pray we were. We, 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 I pray that we are. So go and be the light of the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.